You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host as always. This week, we are talking about the rental space in Western Australia. We haven't done this all year, probably because the story has been pretty similar since the last time we chatted. Now, I've been able to drag our senior property manager, Chanel Boylan, from Strategic Property Group into the studio. Chanel, thank you for walking the 20 meters from your desk over here. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, it's uh, been a crazy year, hasn't it? At, Absolutely. Uh, when we think about what the last couple of years have looked like. We know the stories. It's been on the news. We've seen the vacancy rate. We've seen the median house price. We'll talk about all those things today. We're now in Christmas and still the story hasn't really changed much over the last couple of years. Are we in a position where we see a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the balance between supply and demand for rental properties in Perth or is it much of the same right now in Western Australia? I would say it's much of the same right now. We're still seeing a steady flow of inquiries coming into the Christmas period. To put it in perspective, last week we were renting a property in Wembley and we had over 1,800 views. 50 people attended the viewing, which resulted in about 35 applications. That's insane to think about. What I'm assuming is that the two-by-one villa or unit that is not new. It's nothing special on Herdsman Parade in Wembley had 1,800 views. So 1,800 people looking just in Wembley for a two by one, 50 people rocked up. Yeah, it actually took two of us to coordinate the traffic to get everybody signed in. And to see 35 people put an application in, when you get 50 people through the door, how many applications would you expect in a normal market? In a normal market, I would say probably about 10, 10 to 12. Yep. So that's a lot of work when you think about having a process fairly, give everyone their chance, 35 applications. What does that result in for the landlord when it gets in this situation? Are we seeing people obviously offering over asking price? Are they putting their best foot forward with cover letters and all those sort of things? Within the 35 applications that we're receiving, most of them are either incomplete or um, don't have the documentation. So we are shortlisting to the owners about five to six applications. And those are the ones that are on top of the pack that have either applied prior to the viewing, they've introduced themselves at the viewing. So we've put a face to the name and those would be the people with the best chance of getting through. So what's this one up for rent for? What's the asking price? It's a fully furnished two by one and it's going for 400 a week. So are we seeing any of those applications just offering way over, desperate trying to get in? Or do you think that's probably where the market sits? That's probably where the market sits for this particular property. Um, however, there are the odd people that are offering above the asking price, whether that be 10 to $40 per week more. And that can be a little bit of a catch out, can't it, from a landlord's perspective, where you don't just go for the highest price. And obviously, there are a lot of desperate people out there. But I would assume that a lot of people who are the most desperate, possibly the ones offering the most, because there's maybe some issues with the rest of their application. We have to balance it out, don't we? We do have to balance it out. Those that are offering above the marking price doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to secure the property. We obviously look at the capacity to pay the rent in line with rental references. So a good job, good references. Clearly, they have to be good people. We obviously don't want to be in a situation six months down the track when an applicant can't pay their rent and they fall behind in arrears and we're having to apply to the magistrate's court to get those funds back for the landlord. Exactly right. So there's a bit of a crunch point in the market right now when it comes to rentals. Our vacancy rate has been under 1% for so long. Where is it now, Chanel? It's currently sitting at 0.3%. <laughs> That's nuts. Right? In your career, it hasn't been anywhere near that, right? No, no, We're in hasn't. uncharted territory. My understanding is that there are 
currently the same amount of properties available as there were 200,000 less people in the market. For me, I think that's probably the best way to explain where our market is right now. There are that many people looking to buy, but more importantly, we just haven't been providing that supply over the last five years because of how dire it's been for landlords, right? If you don't see a great rental yield coming through, then you're not going to buy more investment properties. If we can just get a little bit of history here, where's our median rent now? And where was it maybe five years ago? The median rental for a house in the current market is sitting at about 520 per week and for a two by one unit is about 450. And that's the record. I've never seen prices like that. When I look back through the history books, even in the last boom, we never hit those prices. No, well, if we compare those figures to what we were seeing in 2017, the house prices were sitting at 350 per week and 320 per week for a unit. And you can understand when it comes to that rental yield, when you compare it to other returns, other ventures that investors with a couple hundred grand in the bank might be looking for. Back then, there was, it was far less easy to find a tenant for starters. And when you did, obviously, the rent was 40% lower. And that's going to have a big impact on the cash flow and whether you see it as a feasible investment. Not only looking to add supply to the market, but a lot of people obviously exiting the market because uh, at the time, it would have cost more to have that rental than it would have to actually rent it out. Now, we're in a position where obviously interest rates have been rising in the last six months. It is becoming more expensive for our landlords to hold these properties. However, can you tell us a little bit of a story of how rent reviews have been going for our landlords in particular over the last six to 12 months? Well, a perfect example of that is a triplex property that we had initially back in 2021 when it was built, was listed at the 480 a week mark, and it's now just gone for 520. Nothing's changed to the property, no added value, simply just the market. Absolutely. And look, I think we've seen plenty of other properties that were leased for 450 and have been released for 550. 100 bucks a week, that obviously puts a lot of pressure on tenants. Are we seeing any issues with regards to tenants actually being able to pay their bills? Are there a lot of people in arrears? at the moment or most being pretty well managed? No, the majority of our tenants have accepted the rental increases. Obviously, they are within line with the market value and tenants are aware of what is around on the current market. So most of them have been able to keep up with the rent reviews that we've offered to them. Have you seen many examples of people receiving the increased rent at a review and then saying, look, I I can't afford that amount? Or as you said, most people are just copying it and moving forward with the market? Most people are accepting it. There are the odd ones that, you know, obviously cannot afford the rental increase, but obviously that depends on people's certain situations. Yeah, and that's important, I think. And that's why when we're listing properties in Perth at the moment, yes, we're chasing the best yield possible. Obviously, that's a big factor right now, but also need to understand that management of a property isn't just about maximizing their headline rent. The headline rent per week obviously is probably the most important factor, but there are many other factors. Obviously, ability to pay that rent every week, but more importantly, and this is something that a lot of people don't put enough credence on, is making sure that we've got tenants that actually treat the house like their own home because that extra 10 bucks a week, 20 bucks a week we might get from someone who may not look after the property very well, there's $1,000 a year. Nothing to sneeze at. But when you think about carpets, walls, shelves, benches, These are things that, if needing to be maintained 
much more frequently will cost you much more than a thousand dollars a year have you seen a, a bit of that when it comes to good tenants and bad tenants over the years oh absolutely so if you do have a tenant that's not maintaining the property well it does cost you a, in the long run when the tenant's vacating so you have deductions from the bond you may have to claim on your landlord's insurance and seek compensation and obviously that's a whole process that you need to negotiate as well when the tenants are vacating I'd like to think that as a landlord obviously it's a landlord's market right now whilst there's nothing better than having 35 applications obviously a lot of work for a property manager to process right now but of those 35 even if 33 uh, applications you wouldn't generally consider there's still a good couple there that we'd be very happy to be renting out to someone we would choose the top tenants and the top applications and we would put those through to the owner much better than sitting on the market for a few weeks offering rental discounts and let's talk about that again let's talk about that experience of what it was like a few years ago how long did we have to be sitting on the market, our median rental days back in, let's say, 2017 before we'd find a tenant? And what was it like back then in terms of trying to attract a tenant? What were we incentivizing them with? So the median days to rent, we would be looking at about 40 compared to the current market where we're leasing properties within 14 days after one or two home opens. So a month and a half down to a fortnight. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. We're talking about essentially a month here of rent. That's the differential of lost rent that we've picked up now in just in the market. Back in previous years, we've had to offer things like one week's free rent, gift vouchers just to secure tenants through to the application process. Now, obviously, we're seeing 30 plus applications with most home opens. So it's definitely a big change over the years. Yeah, and I think we look forward to having a bit more balance. When I think about what it looks like next year myself personally, there will be a number of properties coming through onto the market from either the state home builders grant creating some of that product that's still yet to come to market or a lot of the federal home booster grant applicants who are currently renting, moving out of that rental and eventually finally being able to move into that home that they started building maybe a year or so ago. Now, that should create some supply, but I see that being soaked up quite quickly by the market. We've got, I think it's 1,800 properties around there on the market right now, Chanel, is that right? Yeah, it is, yeah. Now, that was over 6,000 a few years ago, and our rental vacancy rate, 0.3% you spoke of earlier, that was 7.5%. A balanced market's about 3%, so our market is 10 times tighter than what you would say a balanced market is where a a renter and a landlord can come together fairly and have a very cordial conversation about leasing a property out in a reasonable amount of time. That's the pinch point we're at right now. Further to that, as we've seen before, no new apartments have started to be built in the last four months. Chris Palandri from Multiplex told us that. We're aware that 70% of apartments overall in terms of new developments coming online have been shelved for now. So a whole bunch of investment stock, generally you'd know Chanel, that's a lot of its apartments, right? When they're not coming on, that foundational investment stock just isn't there. So we're waiting for owner-occupiers to leave their houses or for investors to come in. We've seen quite a bit of an influx from East Coast investors recently, haven't we? Yes, Trent, you've spoken about that on the podcast before. We're seeing an increase in investors coming from over east. And a lot of them are focusing on areas such as Gosnells and Mandra. And they're really focusing on rental yield. Yeah, that's a pressure we haven't seen in Perth for quite a few years. They're seeking yield, right? They're seeking to maximize their rental amount. And they're happy to pay the price for the property. They're focusing on cash flow. That helps with that investor stock there. Obviously, there are a lot of people who rent in those areas too, being on the lower side of socio-demographics. Let's talk about how those prospective tenants can maximize their opportunities. Now, you spoke at the start of this episode about how you had 35 applicants for a rental unit in Wembley and most of them incomplete applications, didn't put their best foot forward. What does a perfect application to you, Chanel, look like where you go, I have to give this property to this tenant or 
the next one we have, I'll be calling them. The best advice I have is to stand out from the crowd, introduce your property manager to the viewing and put a, so we could put a face to the name of the application. So we meet us in person at the viewing, build some rapport. Yep. It's also important to write a cover letter and give an overview of your situation and who you are as a tenant. Ensure that all of your necessary documents are filled out and uploaded. And it's good to advise your references as well ahead of time, just so that there's no delays in the process. Now, this isn't a law in Western Australia, but ethically, we aren't about bidding tenants between each other to get the highest price. We want tenants to be bidding the price they can afford in a fair and reasonable manner. Do you see, however, a lot of tenants come into you essentially asking the question, what's the price have to be for us to get this? I have been pulled aside a number of times at viewings once a lot of the people have left and you know they've offered me higher than the rental market price. It doesn't always ensure the best tenant. We do say, be honest with your application. Your capacity to pay is a really important thing and not necessarily offering a higher price is going to secure the property. So it's probably a case of we've already had the conversation with a landlord about what the price is that they want. That's what's been marketed, especially in this market. So at least offer that amount. But just because you offer more, don't expect to get the property. It's actually about your capacity to pay that in the first place. It's definitely the quality of the application that landlords are seeking and also us as property managers. But if we can just be straight up about it, are we seeing most of the winning applications paying more than asking price or is it probably pretty close to the asking price and it's really, that is the defining factor? The majority of the applications are at the market price because people do realise that rent reviews may be written into lease agreements as well. So Mm. they obviously account for that. As well. And that's an interesting point. Are you seeing a lot of tenants offering longer lease periods trying to mitigate rent reviews? Is that something that they're getting ahead of the game on? Or are we still seeing six month offers people trying to move in on that space? I think a lot of applicants are looking for that security, especially if they've got children in certain school zones. We are definitely looking at more applications come through with that longer 24-month term. So we are offering up those to landlords and some of them are taking it with rent review. And we just never saw that five years ago, did we? It was people offering six months, maybe a year because they wanted that optionality. That's right, Trent. So let's finish this conversation with a chat about how our landlords can maximise their returns on investment, right? They've got their house or they're looking for an investment property. What are the factors that you've noticed that will pay overs for or that are non-negotiables that if you don't have them in the property, you have a far lower number of people applying? So the well-maintained properties are attracting the most attention with the higher rental prices. So it's important for landlords to understand what tenants are looking for. So things such as air conditioning, heating in wintertime. Does it matter if they're ducted or split system or is it not much of an issue? Not much of an issue. I think the importance is with this Perth summer that we have that any air conditioning is is suitable. Another important thing to consider is periodic upgrades or renovations between tenancies, such as repainting the property to freshen up how it looks and attract those other applicants. Okay, so essentially it sounds like we're doing the same thing we would do to sell a property. Absolutely. We're selling it to a tenant really, aren't we? Let's focus in on those people who are buying investment property right now. We see massive premiums for houses that have got the second bathroom, for example, or the lockable garage or the shed. Any of those factors that you go, geez, this got an extra 50 bucks a week more than I expected and that was a factor? Definitely features such as dishwashers, the security. So you've got fly screens, uh, lockable fly screens. You've got the lock-up garages, reticulated gardens. So a lot of people don't have time to look after the garden. So having that reticulation will ensure that they maintain it quite well. Wow. Tenants are looking to that level of detail. And Anything it, to make life that interesting. easier. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course, right? And, and, and look, it's, just, it's a bit of a dichotomy when you think about there's such a desperation in the market right now, but people are still quite fickle about what they will pay more for. And with those features, you'd like to 
think that they would start to treat it a bit more like their own home because they're starting to get a little bit more comfortable with the property as well. That's a great point. If Generally, as a rule, if you're looking for a property that will be best maintained, buy in the better, better areas. You'll probably attract better tenants who can afford better rent and would generally look after the property in a fashion that's more to your liking. Yeah, that's right. It's a shame to say it, but there is a bit of a lineal relationship there between rental price and the quality of maintenance that required in those properties based on the way that tenants look after those properties. Yeah, that's right. Uh, You heard it there first, guys. Don't just look for the cheapest property with the highest rent. When it comes to long-term maintenance and rental yield, that's also a factor. Chanel Boylan, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, I know it's been a long walk into the podcast studio from your office. Look, I'm not sure we've ever done a plug before, but I recognize there are probably a lot of investors, especially from the East Coast, who would love to have an opportunity to have a chat with you at the very least about the market and see how uh, how things are going further. How could they best get in contact with you, Chanel? Feel free to give me a call on 6507-8418 or send me through an email at chanel at strategicpropertygroup.com.au. Thanks, mate. Have a really good Christmas. Will do. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!